Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. 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 It was very money, 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 money. intense. It was intense. I'm intense. I'm an intense guy, Daniel. How many cups intense. of coffee? Uh, yeah, quite a few. <laughs> Had an early morning <laughs> this morning. Talking. Yeah, even though I laid an egg in my last run, I'm back out. You know, training with the crew. You know what you learn as you go on. I, so 45, about to be 46. I don't know why this year's uh, kind of feels like a milestone. 45 would you would think feels like more of a milestone, but. For 46 for me, for some reason, I'm like, wow, I'm I'm really getting up there, you know? Uh, so I, 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 I know what I know, and I know that when I venture out of what I know, it doesn't go well. I know you. You know you. And I know you know that I know you. I'm learning that. Relearning yeah. that. Right? Yeah. So I, anyways. If it makes you feel better, you this year are at the uh, halfway point for the statistical life expectancy we yeah. use in our financial plan. I feel it. Halfway gone. I feel it, but you know, you don't wake up till you're what in your twenties. So yeah. the first quarter was kind of a blur. But I do, I do know that 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 saying, you know, the the young is wasted on the youth, or the youth is wasted on the young, or however it goes, that is so true, so yeah. true. Uh, one of the reasons I'm motivated to stay healthy because I see the I see the end of the the sort of road where our days are filled with you know, kid activities and sports and this and that, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. But there's going to be a point where all of a sudden that's over and it's our time again. Yeah. Awesome. How old is Warren Buffett now? Like 92, 92, I think. Yeah. Still so he's eating at cheeseburgers and Diet Coke every day. Cheeseburgers, Diet Coke. You know, I watched a video about him. It was so funny. Kids were talking in the class about markets and sentiment and how it impacts, you know, consumer behavior. And I said, if you think it doesn't impact consumer behavior, what the market does, you know, there's a there's a video clip that has circulated in the past of Warren Buffett on his way to the office. This is what he does mm-hmm. as daily routine. He swings by McDonald's. And the only thing different in in what he picks up is he either gets just the breakfast sandwich or he gets the full meal. You know, you know the rationale between the whatever four ninety five and two seventy nine is what the market did the previous day, because the time that they were filming this, he basically had the amount that he needed for one breakfast sandwich, and he's like, "Yeah, well, the Dow was down, you know, eight hundred yesterday, so we're not spending the four ninety nine." There you go. And he was serious. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like joking. Like this is what you should do. No, he was legit serious. It's very true. Though he has enough money to buy. All McDonald's, all right, yeah, absolutely. Ironically, all right. Um, some odds and ends. This episode, as all episodes here, are brought to you now by Jewel Financial. Powerful planning for people in and pedestrians in pumpernickel. But it's not pedestrian planning. It's not pedestrian planning. It's not. It is powerful planning, and you can check us out at jewelfinancial.com. You can learn all about our firm helping folks all over the United States. It is awesome, awesome to do Zooms. And the first thing is, where are you Zooming in from? I like that too, Zooming in from. I'm Zooming in, Zooming. Anyways, they're all over, everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's awesome. Lots of folks from like, uh, you know, the Atlanta area. We must be blowing up in Atlanta. 
Atlanta, Georgia. Georgia. Big podcasters. Georgia. I mean, if you've ever driven in Atlanta traffic, you realize it's a oh, podcasting place. Atlanta traffic. Ugh. All you got to do there is Ugh. listen to a podcast. It's awful. Get to work in time for lunch and then <sighs> head back home. I think we're going to drive somewhere for spring break as a family. I always dread that. Yeah. I mean, it's better than flying, but it's just there's going to be something. Ugh. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, we got a good question from Ian. This is an interesting one. Ian, what do you got? DIY! Hey, DIY Money. First time caller, long time listener here. My wife and I have a question about real estate investing. Here's a little background information about us. We are in our early 30s and have a combined income of $270,000 with additional bonuses totaling roughly $30,000. We max out our 401ks and our Roth IRAs via backdoor conversions. We also contribute approximately $15,000 combined to our brokerage accounts. We have a rental property in a very high cost of living city with no mortgage. The net profit for the rental is approximately $14,000. We plan to buy our second rental property. However, our strategies differ here. I want to pay off the second rental property as soon as possible using the snowball method and then continue on to our second and third. My wife thinks that we should buy the second and eventually third rental property with a 20% down payment for each and use the mortgage interest associated with each property as a tax write-off. Please let us know your thoughts. We love your content. Keep it up. Okay, this is fascinating because we often will talk about debt reduction, paying off mortgages, and you'll hear my, uh, and I think Daniel agrees with this, philosophy regarding the psychological um, difference with this, meaning you can become, in my opinion, a much better investor with no debt because you're not necessarily concerned about you know, not being able to pay your mortgage, if you will. You, however, now, Ian, are moving into the world of business. This is now a business, meaning you have a, you have a side hustle. You have one rental property. It's paid off. Uh, you know, you, you're cash flowing nicely. I, I suspect, I, I mean, I don't know if it's a, you know, if it's a million dollar property and you're cash flowing $14,000 a year, that's not great. But nonetheless, I'm assuming you're cash flowing a, a decent yield on your property and you are, uh, again, you're handy. You don't mind kicking tenants out and, you know, all the things that come with rental property. So you're saying, let's expand the business. In my opinion, when you are looking to expand the business, we now are moving from the psychological into the mathematical. And I'm going to have to sort of side a little bit with your wife here, but. I'm going to circle back around to you in a moment because of the environment we're in. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're looking for an investment property, more than likely you're going to have to pounce on a deal pretty quickly. So what I would do, personally speaking, is this is just me, and this is how I've purchased some properties in the past. What I would do is make sure I had accessible capital, a large amount available more than likely through some sort of home equity line of credit or line of credit maybe on your first rental property or something along those lines. There's no cost associated or shouldn't be to having a HELOC open uh, if you don't use it. The only cost associated is when you use it and you start to incur that interest. Now, most of the time, HELOCs are interest only. They're tied to something above prime. uh, And obviously, those rates have gone up considerably. So, uh, you know, 
it, it can be a significant cost to it when you all, all of a sudden start paying that interest. But let's say you're driving around and you're like, oh, my gosh, the house right next door to our first rental is available. We need this right now. And it's in a great area and we know the area and we, you know, it's right there when I'm fixing one toilet. I can go over and fix another toilet. This is amazing. And so you call up the realtor and he's like, yeah, we got four showings tomorrow. Well, we want to see it tonight. And you go in and you make a all cash offer for this property, close in two weeks, no inspection or whatever, structural only. I'm just throwing out stuff now. But, you know, and the realtor calls up their owner and say, I got an all cash offer, close in two weeks, inspection minimal. And the guy's like, done. And so what do you do? You take your HELOC. You pay cash for the property. You do whatever you need to do. You rent in, move in some renters. Now you're going to do a cash out refi. I sound like a real estate show. Jeez, it sounds yeah. cheesy. Anyways, and buy my book on cash out. Re- Anyways, now you're going to do it. You're going to call up the bank. You're going to get your rent- renter in there. You're going to have some income that's going to be projected, in, if not you know, having it done already. And what you ideally, this is what I've done. Personally speaking, you do a cash out refi to pay off the HELOC and have it on its own note. Now, this is where the 20% comes down because you're not going to do a cash out refi for 100% of the value of the property. Now, ironically, you may have bought it, bring the renter in, and you already have some equity built in. So you don't necessarily have to you know, do 20 or 90 or you know, whatever down. You have a, a smaller percentage down, which would be great. But ultimately, you want to get that HELOC on, which is an interest rate only, get it on some fixed payment, and now you've got your second rental. The problem is, in this environment, that cash-out refi on a rental property is going to be a pretty decent interest rate, six, seven, maybe even higher percentage points. So in my opinion, this is where I'm going to side with you, I think you get aggressive right now, especially since you don't need the cash. I mean, what you're telling us about your overall income, your money you're putting away, etc., and you get aggressive with paying down that mortgage. And the reason is, is because, yes, you, you're going to have that debt for a while, but that interest is very high. And the sooner you get that gone, now that property is cash flowing much better for you as a property investor. And you rinse and repeat, right? You've paid off the HELOC. Now you can make that available again if you find another property, etc. Now, the one thing I would caution you, this sounds simple and easy and whatever. I've bought two commercial properties in this same manner over a what, 12-year period? Something like that. I would love to buy more. Love it. It would make perfect sense. The capital's there. The math works. Even with the interest rate environment, you know what? Can't find them. They're very, very difficult to find. So money in real estate is always made on the buy, B-U-Y, right? On the buy, meaning you're getting it at a value. You immediately have locked in equity. It's hard to get hurt, et cetera, et cetera. If you pay up, you run into potential problems, significant risks. So rinse and repeat to the extent that there are properties available. The last thing I'll say, and I'll kick it over to Daniel, is I often see people getting hung up on the sixth and seventh and eighth step down the road. The only step you need to worry about right now is step number one, which is what's the next property? Like find the next property. Then you can make the appropriate mathematical decisions to acquire, rehab, rent out, mortgage, pay off the property, 
and then you can do the next one. Be very careful of thinking about the whole big picture, you know, when you don't even have them in the equation yet. I see that a lot of people can get hung up, have arguments, fights, whatever. Oh, what are we going to do with the third and fourth property? You don't even have it yet. Like, what's the, why do you worry about that? Let's worry about number one when you find it and make the smart decisions. Do you know how hard it is to find a really good carpenter? Besides, I think he's got a brother who's a plumber. Really? A brother who's a plumber? I think so. What say you, Daniel? Well, where I would look bigger picture is looking beyond just the tax question, because uh, I generally don't love paying interest just to get a fraction back in taxes. That what you're literally doing is just like you're paying the government some so that you can get a deduction, and then you get you know like twenty five to thirty five percent of that interest back, and in, in in basically reduce taxes, which you're paying out to get a little bit packed. That that doesn't always make sense, but you need to run that in the numbers of your plan. Where I do like using debt is for liquidity purposes. So you can always do that, as as you talked about, Quint. I mean, if you paid off the property and then you needed to get cash back out, you can, as long as there's cash flow there and as long as your personal finances are sound as well, you can always go back to the bank and get liquidity in the future if you needed to, if you're ready to buy something again and, and uh, things of that nature. So rarely does it um, disadvantage you by reducing your leverage, uh, except in the terms of levered returns or cash on cash returns. So it'll make your, you know, your cash on cash returns look a little bit less, but you'll sleep way better at night than the guy who has phenomenal cash on cash returns, but is levered up uh, way beyond his stress level can take. So that's just, I mean, food for thought, watch the liquidity, mind your taxes, but that's not the end of the the end of the road. And don't forget, this is what I see a lot of real estate people do. This, These assets are to eventually pay you. <laughs> I mean, you're getting a $14,000, you know, a little bit more than $1,000 a month in net cash flow. Hopefully, you're putting something away for maintenance and, you know, a turnover in a property, which obviously would, would make sense. But these properties are eventually to, to, you know, to pay you and supplement your income, your third kind of stool in a, in a three pegged stool income stream, you know, retirement assets, uh, social security, and then maybe a business or side hustle, passive income, what have you. I, I think it's wonderful, but time it in such a manner, 15 year mortgage, whatever it is, such that these things are paid off, making you maximum cash value at the time you want to use it. That's very critical. And I see a lot of people, they don't think that way. They're just worried about acquiring the next property, the next property, the next property. They don't think, oh, there's a, needs to become a time where, <laughs> where all these things pay us and, and we actually make money from them. Hey, buddy, did you really buy this house? Yes, I did. <laughs> I love it. It's a great question. I I went a little in the weeds there, but you know, it's just personal experience how I've I've bought a couple properties. It seems to work well. I'm always interested in other opportunities, but it's very difficult to find them. I think they're coming. I think they'll be here in a while, maybe a couple years, uh, but certainly not right now. So be careful and again, real estate money is always made on the buy. All right, great question uh, he sent from his smartphone. Probably just hopped on a voice memo on his iPhone and hit record and put a question in there. And then that was my that was my sound effect for that email. Send it off to us at podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. Revamping, putting a site back up soon, by the way. I'm pretty pumped about that. 
All it right. actually might be live by the time this podcast airs, so you could go check it out. And if you find that there's no site there, then it's not live. Oh, I don't think I'm a lot dumber than you thought that I think that I thought I was once. That'll be fun. It's DIY right Tribe rocking on Facebook for those people that are still on there. And uh, what else is shaking? It's pretty much. We're going to have stickers soon. We're having QR stickers. code stickers. We're okay. going to send them out to people for free. It'll be our first official swag. Look for that coming. And I better see them on the back of bumpers in this office, that's for sure. Don't QR and drive. Don't QR and drive. No, but if you're sitting at a stoplight and there's one right there, you know, just QR it. QR safely. Anyways. And responsibly. QR safely and responsibly. All right, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decisions, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.